Thank you for plugging into this Family Life News podcast, streaming issues-driven, family-focused news. Welcome back to another edition of Capital Connection. Fridays during the Noon Report, we give you, the listener, direct connection to what's happening in Albany and Harrisburg with the experts on the issues. At the state capitals, they are, as always, Michael Gear at the Pennsylvania Family Institute and Jason McGuire with New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. We'll strap in, fellas, just a little over three weeks to go till the vote. And, uh, you know, Jason, people talk all the time about that October surprise. And many are wondering in New York, uh, given uh, recent events surrounding Lee Zeldin, if crime is that October surprise. What say you, Jason? Yeah, I think we've got the twin issues of crime and the economy. They're still going to be the chief motivators behind the independents voting here in New York State. And this race will be decided by the independents. There are a large body of voters, a growing body of voters, and they're very concerned. When crime comes to your front porch, as it did to Representative Lee Zeldin, uh, it certainly indicates that crime is a leading issue in the upcoming election. And many are saying that October surprise in Pennsylvania, Michael, might be the health of John Fetterman. Uh, he suffered a stroke five Five months ago, and uh, he told NBC News this week that he's still suffering the effects of that. I want to play a little bit from John Fetterman and then get your reaction to it. And every now and then I'll miss a word every now and then, uh, or sometimes I'll maybe mush two words together. It changes everything. The question to you, Michael, is does a guy who requires closed captioning to read questions, is he fit to serve in the U.S. Senate? Well, that's a very good question. And just with all due compassion, whether he's impaired, physically impaired, mentally, is a question that people have. Uh, he says, you know, he has a letter from his doctor, but that's from months ago. There's not a lot of transparency about this. And the thing that voters need if we are going to have a legitimate democracy is full and complete discussion about the health of candidates in this kind of situation. And uh, that's missing, I think, in the case of uh, John Fetterman. Uh, Jason, the gun control debate raging in New York. There's so much litigation, it'll make your head spin. You have uh, joined a lawsuit with a couple dozen churches in 20, I think it's 20 counties, over these new gun control measures. Where does this litigation stand today? Yeah, 25 churches in 20 counties and growing, Bob. Uh, people are reaching out to us saying they also want to be a part of this lawsuit. So more and more churches are jumping on. You know, we're going to hopefully push to hear that our case be heard in the merits, uh, regardless of what happens with the other litigation. We think it's important that houses of worship have the ability to protect the people in the pew, and this lawsuit establishes that. People in the pew deserve the same protection that Governor Kathy Hochul receives whenever she comes into a pulpit to preach or politic across the state. Yeah, and there's a judge in Syracuse who's going to take this up again later this month. What's the nitty-gritty on that? Yeah, so we're waiting to see what's going to happen with that. Uh, you're probably referring to Judge Sudeby, and he has an order there. It's gone to the Second Circuit. Things are bouncing back and forth. This is not going to be over quickly. Uh, it is going to be costly. It's going to take time. But it's a principle worth defending, and that's the constitutional rights guaranteed under the Second Amendment. Yeah. The Oz Fetterman uh, Senate contest, Michael, has kind of overshadowed the race for governor, but that is equally as important. And a congressman on this week tell us that if uh, Josh Shapiro wins, that's Tom Wolf 3.0. That's 
that's what you're voting for. Why has Doug Mastriano struggled so much this late in the game? Well, there are a number of factors that are playing into it. Number one, he's running an unconventional campaign. He did so in the primary, and it was very successful for him in the primary with him getting nearly 45% of the vote in a crowded primary. That was pretty significant given that he didn't really have a lot of money and had massive grassroots support. And so he was going into this uh, general election then with the same thought that he can run this unconventional campaign. But unconvention has not drawn a lot of money into the campaign, and that's part of the challenge that he has faced is not having the kind of money, the firepower that Josh Shapiro has had. Nevertheless, he does have a strong grassroots base, and people may be surprised on Election Day if that grassroots base is really as powerful as uh, they are hoping going into it. Are his ties to Trump what's hurting him, or is that being too simplistic about it? Yeah, I think that's simplistic. Uh, you know, uh, certainly that's been used in the advertising against him, and there are certain regions of Pennsylvania where that is hurting him. But there are other parts of Pennsylvania where that is more of a motivating factor for people to turn out. So I think it may be a wash in many respects. Yeah. Lee Zeldin's talking about the dangers of one-party rule in Albany for years now. It's been that way. Jason, is this the year that ends? If you would talk about some of those down-ballot races, maybe some of those state Senate contests, that aren't getting as much attention. Yeah, there's been a Democratic supermajority in the state legislature, and so a two-thirds Democratic control in each chamber. I think this is the year that that breaks. Um, I expect that the Republicans will pick up enough seats to break the Democratic supermajority in the Senate, and they'll make great strides in the Assembly. So the legislature will still be controlled by Democrats, but it will be a lot closer than it has been in previous years. Yeah, Michael, you'll never forget what you told me election night 2020 that Pennsylvania was the poster child for how not to do elections. Uh, Secretary of State Lee Chapman was asked this week, hey, uh, given the closeness and how much these races are playing out in the national media, will we have a winner on election night? Uh, And she basically said, probably not. Your thoughts on that? Well, that's part of the election challenges in Pennsylvania because the mail-in voting, which has only been happening now for a couple of years in Pennsylvania, they still don't allow for the counting to start before election day. And that's part of what they say is the reason why it's going to go slowly once again. It's very disappointing to hear that because that's sort of the thing that causes people to wonder, you know, about the legitimacy of the election. All right, let's switch the page a little bit to get off politics, talk about some other things. Jason, on your website, we'll give that at the end of the broadcast. You are partnering up with another group and launching what's being called the Center for Childhood Innocence. Explain how this works. Yeah, essentially we're seeing increased hostility towards Christian faith and towards uh, traditional values regarding human sexuality in schools. So we've teamed up with Feed My Sheep Foundation. Essentially, uh, they are researchers, and we have a larger platform, and it gives us the opportunity to then raise this issue regarding mandatory sex ed and parental rights. And whenever something occurs in a district across the state of New York that is questionable or controversial regarding human sexuality, we want to know about it. So we can research it, we can look into it, we can highlight it, expose it, and hopefully fix some of the problems in our educational system here in the Empire State. And speaking of raising red flags, Michael, you're doing the same in Pennsylvania when it comes to organ procurement at a Pittsburgh Planned Parenthood. What's that all about? Yeah, so we got a call last week from some folks who were doing uh, 40 Days for Life prayer vigils outside the Planned Parenthood in Pittsburgh. And while they were there last week, a car pulled up with a worker in it, and the car had labels on it. It had a sign in the window that uh, was from an organization called CORE, the Center for Organ Recovery and Education. 
that person went inside the Planned Parenthood clinic and then came outside with plastic bags of samples of organs from aborted babies inside that clinic, put them in a cooler, and drove away. And it just seems to be more of the saga of what's going on there with organ harvesting research at the University of Pittsburgh and ties to Planned Parenthood, which the University of Pittsburgh has denied. Yeah. Uh, and then in just a minute or so, guys, uh, Jason, not just uh, the, the candidates, but there's some issues on the ballot in just a little over three weeks, a referendum this fall, the Environmental Bond Act. Where does New Yorkers stand on that issue? Well, officially, we've taken no position. It's just not an issue that we generally engage with as an organization. But I will say that I am concerned about the debt load. This is another $4.2 billion that the state is looking to borrow. That ballot proposal will be on the back of the ballot. Uh, the Environmental Bond Act it has very flowery language, but it means borrowing for taxpayers across the Empire State. And what does it mean to be pro-life post-Roe, Michael? You're going to be speaking this weekend at a pregnancy resource center in Mansfield, heart of Tioga. Explain to our audience a little bit what you'll be talking about. Well, my heart is with uh, pregnancy resource centers like Heart of Tioga because, uh, honestly, in the pro-life movement with the overturn of Roe versus Wade, I believe that pregnancy resource centers like the Heart of Tioga are the most important place for pro-life Christians, for pro-life individuals to invest their money, to volunteer. They're on the front lines. They're under attack right now. And so I'm going to be talking about what life is after uh, Roe versus Wade, how we can advance the cause of life, and to confirm to everybody that though it's a tough battle, it's one that we're winning. All right. Keep fighting that fight. Uh, it is worth the fight. Hey, if you have questions about the Center for Childhood Innocence, this is a new project by New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. Uh, Jason, you have a wonderful website uh, where folks can go and learn more about what that is. Explain what that is, sir. AlbanyUpdate.com. And stay informed on all the issues. What is Planned Parenthood up to in Pittsburgh? Michael, you've got a great website as well. Where can folks go and check you out? PAFamily.org. 